You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. Our question today is, how does somebody know that they're called into ministry? So this is terminology you hear in the church a lot, where somebody might be saying something like, I feel like the Lord is calling me to pursue ministry as a career. And so we as church leadership wanted to talk about what that actually looks like. How does that play out? How does somebody sense that they are called to vocational ministry? And then how is that call confirmed? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me the rest of our leadership team, Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and then Zach Wyrock and Stacy DiNardo. So our question today is, how does somebody know that they're called into ministry? So this is a phrase that you might often hear in Christian circles where somebody says, the Lord called me into ministry or the Lord called me to do this or to do that. Uh, how do we know when somebody actually is called into ministry, for you as an individual, for us as a church, what does that process look like? Because we would want to always discern what the Lord actually wants in those situations. So how do we actually do that? So that's my starting point. Maybe a, a good place to jump off from there is obviously four people around this table are all in ministry. Maybe if we could all kind of give you know, a one-minute version of how we ended up in ministry, how we sensed that the Lord was calling us, and then go from there. Okay. Do you want to reframe the—you usually reframe everything. Is it a reframe day or not? Sure. Sure? I mean, I think we have to define (laughs) what ministry is, right? I mean, I would start with that because we're talking about probably professional paid ministry. Because in that sense, we're all called into ministry if ministry is discipling each other and How would you know this is is your vocation? Yeah. Right? I think the way I would answer that is to say in the New Testament, I think there's an internal and an external element to it. So in other words, there's a sense that God is calling me into ministry, and then there's a sense in which those around me are agreeing with or affirming. So I could use the example of the Apostle Paul. So you have you know, Paul on the road to Damascus, and he gets saved and called all at the same time. I mean, Jesus... Yeah appears to him, and he's blinded, and, and Jesus is essentially saying, you're, you're going to be my missionary to the Gentiles. So he has a an internal sense of calling. Uh, but when it comes time for him to be sent out on a missionary journey, the elders of the local congregation put their hands on him and Barnabas and say, essentially, hey, we agree that this is the role that God has for you to play. So uh, Paul could have said to them, uh, it really doesn't matter if you agree. Don't worry about it. I had a divine right. calling from yeah. from God. Uh, but he didn't do that. And so I think the example he shows us is that there's an internal element. I am sensing that God has uniquely gifted me, called me, equipped me to ministry, and those around me are. So if somebody said to me, I feel called to ministry, I wouldn't just ask, describe what that calling is like for you. I would say, yeah. hey, who around you is agreeing with you? Right. In particular, your local church, is your local church agreeing that you are equipped for this position? Yeah. And I think you can head towards I mean, like we, the way you started the thing was to tell our stories. And for me, uh, when I had my adult, what I would call my adult conversion, or really where I understood the gospel in such a way that it was overwhelming to me, uh, I remember thinking if if I could spend the rest of my life introducing people to this experience, yeah. to to what it means to have Jesus really come into your life, then I would. So I. I dropped out of out of the school that I was going to, went to work for the first time, 
outside of playing basketball and then headed to a different school to begin the process of studying for ministry. But that was, I just felt like I was a ship moving a direction and God could stop me at any time Hmm. and turn me around. But that was the way I... Yeah, mine actually kind of worked in the opposite order. Uh, People around me had been telling me for a while I should go into ministry. And they would say, you seem to really love the Lord, you love the Bible, you understand it, you can explain it. And so there was a lot of that. And I was just saying, well, that means, you know, I would be a good Sunday school teacher, Bible study teacher, you know, whatever. I had other things I wanted to do occupationally. So that probably went on for a year or two of people saying, we see in you this uh, giftedness, this calling, this equipping. Uh, And it was about two years later, a year and a half, two years later, that uh, I went to a conference where a guy was preaching on Revelation 5 and really felt convicted by God that this is what he wanted me to do with the rest of my life. So uh, I had almost been arguing with the external call, people saying, we see this, and me saying, nah, I don't I don't think you do, and uh, I don't see it, and I haven't heard from God, and, and, and then hearing from God. So yeah. the reverse of maybe what most people have. Now, Jimmy, that's kind of your experience Yeah, too, that's right? similar to mine. Yeah I, yeah, I resisted for a while. You know, I had people in my life tell me they thought I should consider it, that they thought I had the gifts to do it, or, and I, I mean, my response was always that I didn't want to. Uh, and I feel like that carried all the way through until I got to a point where I feel like I'd wrestled with the Lord, uh, and obviously he was winning. And, um, you know, I kind of related with something you said too, Joe, where I was like, okay, you know, in some ways I'm just going to start going and, and you can stop me anytime. And so that was when I, you know, was toward the end of college. And so I came on staff at this church in an internship. And even at that point, I was kind of saying, okay, this is, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. This is not full time. I started pursuing uh, seminary, but it was still under the mindset of at any point, you know, the Lord could stop me or keep me going, and He has continued to open up opportunities. and And so, it's interesting. I think uh, sometimes when people think about this idea of calling and what the Lord is, they they always describe these sort of mountaintop like experiences. And one of the things that I've realized is. Uh, for some people, God's calling might be like a light switch. For some, it's more like a dimmer switch, where over time, yeah. slowly, you start to see more and more. And I feel like that's what it was like for me, where it was, uh, you know, there was never, I can't look back at a watershed moment where I was like, I woke up one morning completely resistant to going into ministry, and the next morning I woke up and I was a pastor. It just wasn't that way. So, but that's kind of how it played out for me. Yeah. I was, I remember being in, I was pretty young, like in fifth, sixth grade, and honestly just being overcome with such like a burden for lost people, having other family members that were missionaries or pastors, and just truly sensing and believing that that was what I was supposed to do. I needed to be about helping people come to know Jesus. So obviously you can do that in any vocation. (laughs) Um, And I did, uh, I haven't always, though, been in ministry. I did serve initially, like, overseas for just a year. And then I thought, okay, maybe I checked that box and started down another path. Um, but then I would say it was through kind of the affirmation of other church leaders that started just trying to ask me and say, hey, could you come here? Could you help with this? Could you serve in these capacities and lead in these ways that then drew me back into church ministry back many years ago now, 17 years ago, something like that. So, yeah. I yeah. think I think that— um the starting point for most people is probably a enthusiasm yep. or excitement for you know loving to teach the Bible or loving to talk to lost people about um, 
And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're working through, am I called into ministry? I think I would say enthusiasm for Jesus and enthusiasm for the Bible and sharing the gospel is awesome. And we want that to be incredibly infectious in our congregation. I don't think those are good reasons in and of themselves to go into ministry. And, And part of the reason for that is I think people don't realize that often the work of ministry is equipping other people to do mm-hmm. those things. You know, I, I I always tell people we're often more like headquarters than we are the front lines of ministry. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, whether we are uh, talking to volunteer leaders or discipling someone through how to engage uh, the people around them or to lead what they're doing or resourcing um, volunteer teachers. And so, you know, I think that's why calling is important because if what you really mean is, oh, I'd love to uh, sit around all week studying the Bible, or I'd leave to, like, that is not right what we do. Yeah, and I would say, too, that a calling is important um, because enthusiasm will, will dissipate yeah. at different right. times. And one of the ways I think I felt like uh, my calling was real was uh, that discouragement didn't phase me. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to—I spent uh, time overseas, too, to see if God wanted to be a, me to be a missionary— and I was just not very good at that. And then I <clears throat> was not very good at being a youth pastor. But nothing ever deterred me right. from being in ministry. I was just going, boy, I got to, I got to keep looking out. for yeah. the right spot for where God has called me. It yep. never occurred to me that I would go, oh, this is discouraging. I should go into business or go do something else. So, yeah, that's so. why that internal sense of calling is maybe best described. Almost, I mean, Stacey, you were talking about some of this as a fifth and sixth grader is a burden. Yeah. Because it isn't enthusiasm. I mean, enthusiasm is great, great part of it, right? But it's this sense of like, this is what I'm supposed to right. do. This is what I'm called to do. This is what God wants me. My life belongs to him, and this is what he wants. Because I do think, yeah, that's what gets you through those difficult... I also think that's why the external piece is so important, because you, we're all going to doubt ourselves from time to time. It's really important to have people around you. Like, I, you know, if I were sitting with someone who was contemplating a career in ministry, the first question I would ask if they're married is, does your spouse yeah. affirm this right, call? Right, right. I, I can think of a million times in my, I mean, I've been in ministry now for, I think, 15, 16 years. I can think of a million times that if Amy had said, you should do something else, I would have, <laughs> you know, I, because I was just frustrated or, you know, and I needed her to say, well, I'll tell you one thing you can't consider, and that's leaving ministry. Right. I, mean, I remember at a low point when I was a youth pastor in Illinois, and I was not a great youth pastor, and uh, I remember at a really low point that I had a guy call me who was running for Congress, whose campaign I had run uh, for a previous office, and he said, hey, if you, if I win, I want you to come be my chief of staff. And I remember telling Amy, we're not even going to talk about it. I'm taking that job. If you are, because I was so frustrated. And fortunately, he didn't win, or that, you know, my life trajectory, but I mean, she was kind of saying over my dead body. You know, I mean, I and I think it is important yeah. to have a community around you who says, "Hey, we see this, and 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 we're going to be saying good things when you don't feel good things because ministry is it can be hard, it can be difficult." That that's interesting for uh, Emily and I because uh, I did not begin <clears throat> to take steps toward ministry as a career until after we were already married. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in some ways, I remember having conversations with her on the front end, you know, where she almost so she ended like, up agreeing to. I mean. You changed. Yeah. 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 So she married the contract. She thought she was marrying an actuary or a mathematician or whatever I would have ended up being. And then, you know, all of a sudden, and that, I mean, that has drastic implications in a lot of different ways, even practical ones. Um, But did she feel the same? I mean, did she agree? And I mean, I think it, it was for both of us, 
you know, the same thing that I said earlier, where uh, it may not have been our first choice where we were jumping at it, but we did sense that the Lord was saying, explore this, explore this, explore this. And so we just kept taking steps down the road. Yeah, Um, and I I don't think the spouse, you know, some people articulate that the spouse needs to feel called to. I I don't agree with that. I mean, any more than if you're a, you know, you're a plumber, your spouse needs to feel called to being a plumber's wife or a plumber's husband. You know, I think the calling is, but I think they have to be willing, number one. And I think more importantly, they need to affirm your calling. They need to be saying, "I, I know you, I know who you are, I see what God is doing, and you should do this because I think otherwise we get into this dangerous territory of the church can presume upon our wives or our husbands. Right. And, I, and I don't think that's fair, but no. yeah. And I don't think they should, but, but I think it, it's um, <clears throat> naive to think that, uh, that they don't uh, presume upon yeah, the spouse. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's what I mean by uh, willingness. There has yeah, to be a willingness. Because I think that, you know, my wife, uh, it, our, our spouses are different than a yes. plumber's spouse. I mean, because, uh, being involved in ministry does it, it? It pulls your family in, your children. We could do a podcast about that. Yeah. That's yeah, real. <laughs> tough. A couple of us have, were preacher's kids. Mm-hmm. Zach, you were. I yep. was. Uh, there's something different about being a preacher's kid than any other kid in the church. There's something different about being uh, the spouse of somebody in ministry than than any other person in church. So I agree. I, I remember, <laughs> though, I heard Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, talk one time when I was young, and uh, she was kind of a hardliner. But I remember her saying, "If you're not ready to accept your husband's call as your call, you have no business being married." I mean, she was tough. Yeah. And and I went home and share and you know took that line with my wife, and that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. But yeah. uh, but I think that there is something about it. There are implications. If yeah. If they're not. Uh, I think we would all agree if somebody's spouse is not on board, we yeah. would say, well, yeah, go, go back, pray more yeah, about somewhere, it. Yeah, somewhere, I think somewhere Wait. between. I, again, because I think there are other careers, may, maybe not like ministry, but if you marry a surgeon, they're going to work long hours. Right. You marry a police officer, a police, right. they're going to be in danger all the time. You, you know, I mean, there there are certain careers that your spouse and your family is going to— Military. Up. Yeah, right. that's right. You're going to be gone right. for yeah. months right. You're on end. You're all in the right? military in some ways. Yeah, right. but, but I do think there has to be a sense of I'm willing for our life to be public right. in a way it wouldn't otherwise be. I'm willing for people to put expectations on me that are unfair maybe. And, yeah. you know, um, yeah, and because I understand that this is what Jesus is is asking of us. And I, I mean, again, I think that's the primary thing. I, I will say for me, one of the things the internal— because I think the, the murky part of this is that internal sense of calling. Yep. And, I, and I think for me, one of the ways the Lord changed my heart was uh, what I got excited about, what I was dreaming about. I mean, I, I was at the start of a political career that was doing really well. And I mean, I just remember what I would daydream about would change, you know, and that's the way the Spirit yeah. was kind of grabbing me is, you know, the more ministry experience I got just as a volunteer, the more I found my resting hours, you know, my resting mental space was being dedicated to how to better teach the Bible, how to get through with the lost person I was spending time with. So, and to use like Jonathan Edwards' language, my appetites were changing. Mm-hmm. You know, what I had wanted out of a career, what I'd wanted out of life was was uh, uh, shifting. So again, I, I wouldn't articulate a ceiling opening, light emanating no. down, you right. know, kind of experience. I would just say I got to a point where I couldn't have imagined doing anything else with my life. Yeah, I feel like I had a similar thing where, you know, I, I was starting to sense this when I was at the back end of uh, a master's degree in math, and I was sitting in class, 
you know, working on my notes for a message I was going to give at Campus Crusade for Christ or the, you know, the books I was asking for, for like my birthday were hermeneutics textbooks and things like that, where it's like, okay, uh, there's more of a desire for this than there, there used to be. One question I had though, as we were talking, so we've talked a lot about the internal call, uh, but then we also, as as church leaders, sit on the other side of this, mm-hmm. where we will often have people come we to us. We are the external call, yeah. often. Yeah. yeah, you know, they're seeking employment or they're seeking ministry positions. So, uh, what are some of the things that would qualify someone? So, if somebody comes to us and says, "I feel like the Lord is calling me to ministry," what are some of the things we would look for to confirm that from an external? Well, sense? I think I'll just add to it too. Sometimes I think we are the aggressor. <laughs> I think sometimes we are going to yeah. someone and going, yeah. We think you should consider right, right. a career in ministry, and we have a role for you that we think you're equipped for. Uh, and sometimes I think we are the catalyst to that person even thinking about uh, a calling. But uh, I think the first thing would would be to say, uh, I'm always looking for someone who's already doing the things I'm going to pay them to do. I do not believe you go from not caring at all about discipling other people to getting a paycheck and caring about it. Yeah, that it. makes right. me think of uh, John Ashley, who planted Wingfoot Church yeah. through yeah, Orchard NEO, where I remember Perfect. you that asked him- in the best answer. Yeah, because yeah, we, we asked him, what are you going to do if we say no? And he said, I'm going to plant a church. I'm just not going to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's exactly Yeah, right. so I yeah. want to hear, are you already sharing your faith? Right. Are you already involved in a small group? Are you already investing in the lives of other people? What does your time in the Bible look like, look like yep. now? Like These are- these are the raw things that I think can develop over time. But if you don't love the church, if you don't love lost people now, right. I don't think a light switch flips the minute you know you come on staff. I think one of the things I would look for too in somebody is whether they are willing uh, to sacrifice mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, right. Because if somebody wants, and, and I know that I mean I come from an era. That it was just kind of ending with my dad's era, which was the church would say, uh, the Lord will keep you humble and will keep you poor. That was the deal, <laughs> right? And so when you went into ministry, I remember uh, when uh, I was dating Karen, and I said, it, I took her down uh, to a house uh, in inner city Akron and pointed at it and said, if you marry me, that's the kind of house you're going to live in, because I wanted her to know there are this is what I'm, I, I'm not counting on this. There are always going to be sacrifices yeah. in ministry. They're not, but I tell people now, they're not the sacrifices that you think are going to be the, the sacrifices. Oh, so I will, I would want to find out what they're, what they have sacrificed, what they're yeah. willing to sacrifice uh, in order to be, to go and into we, ministry. We have team members who have sacrificed incredibly, oh, yeah. whether right. that's money or right. prestige or even, Years that they spent investing in another career, right? That now are rendered moot because they don't apply to, you know. So yeah, I think that that's that's true. Huge indicator. Somebody's willing to forego those things in in order order to. Yeah, and that goes back to what you said, Zach. In some ways, we're saying, uh, "Would you do this? Would you do ministry for free?" Mm -hmm. You know, and the person who says no, I would. You know, I got to be paid for ministry. That's always discouraging too for for me when. Uh, we have a staff member that ends up um, moving out of being paid to do what they were doing, and they they quit serving at all. And then you realize, oh, you know, the the Bible has a has a term for that, and that's a hireling, somebody who is who will only do what they do, not because they love the sheep or love God, but because 
They're doing it for a paycheck. And and I would, if somebody is going into ministry uh, for a paycheck, boy, I would say, I mean, there are other ways to get a paycheck. There's no way they should go in. Yeah. 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 I think that's in the, I mean, really what we're saying is it's a little bit like going to a wedding when you've been married for a while and all of a sudden the vows a couple makes Hmm. mean more to you, you know? Right. Because I think um, I've done a lot of weddings and, and I was a young person who was married. When they're taking the vows, they, their assumption is always like, for sicker or poor, you know, yeah, sicker and health, but we'll be healthy, right. rich or poor, but right. we'll, we'll be, be rich. We'll be yeah, rich. rich enough. You know, they just, it's that age where you're optimistic about everything. But I think as you're sitting in the congregation of a wedding, you're there thinking, you know, it's going to be some of the other stuff. Right. Right. And what you appreciate about your spouse and about your marriage, if it's healthy, is the richness of it in the midst of difficulty. Yeah. And I think that's where we, having worked in ministry for a while, and of course we're in a great church, a yeah, really healthy yeah. church with dynamic. So I mean, there could be other people with far worse stories than us, but but I think we're saying it is gonna be it's gonna be hard. So you better have a sense, like when you marry someone, you better have a sense that uh, you really should, right? And and I think that's where burden language is 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 so helpful. You know, you know, I think that's why Paul started so many of his letters by saying Paul an apostle of Jesus called by God. You know, Paul had a difficult ministry and how yeah. many times he must have leaned back on that idea that I know God called me and the church knew that God yep. called me. And, you hold on and even that. though I'm in prison or shipwrecked or beaten right. or lied about, maligned, whatever, I can keep uh, moving forward. And that's what is the thing. I think ministry, and particularly in, in good ministry, is filled with really high highs mm-hmm. and really low lows yeah. that you better be prepared for. But part of it, if you're listening to this and it sounds like we are, you know, uh, the kind of people that, that tell people who are engaged, oh, marriage is going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. I want you to know that uh, ministry is uh, the absolute best thing. I yeah. mean, uh, if any of my, uh, if, if anybody's going into ministry, they desire a noble thing, and it is a wonderful way to spend life. Uh, but it is one that I think does require calling because of the yeah. of the difficulty. And it's good to be sober-minded about yeah, it. But absolutely. I think the hope of ministry is that, for those of us in ministry, is that there's always a greater minister, Jesus, yeah, who is serving us who is leading us and pouring into us and and covering us uh, in ways that we we can't. And it's His grace that propels us moving forward. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged.com at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.